Did it. You found episode 233 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And what you just heard was the song I Like the Me I See from this episode's guest, Culture Queen. And of course, you can hear that whole song at the very end of the episode. And Culture Queen is all about making kids feel good about who they are and embracing who they are. And that's a message that I think is extremely important. So I'm not going to talk too much, but I will say if you want to reach me, email me goodstuffpod at gmail.com or the at symbol goodstuffpod. I'm reachable. I'm totally, totally reachable. So drop me a line. would love to hear from you. You're going to really get a kick out of Culture Queen. You're going to love what she has to say, what she stands for, and what she believes in. And, of course, stay tuned all the way to the end of the show to hear the song, I Like the Me I See, from the album, I Like the Me I See, by Culture Queen. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. Good, 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 good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so Culture Queen, we're both towers of royal power, but let's set the scene a little bit. I'm in my office here. Uh, my workday is over and I'm pumped to talk to you, but where are you right now? I am in, I guess you say what the kids like to call the royal carriage, AKA my Dodge journey. <laughs> <laughs> it is a carriage and, for sure. Um, Yes, I'm on the way um, back to Culture Kingdom from a day of programming and signing books and mailing books and getting, you know, just getting ready for all that's to come for the fall. A lot of exciting programs. Great. Um, so you're in the culture carriage and uh, you're you're on your way from one thing to the next. And so how, you, you know, and we should say right off the bat, you are a musician and you are an author and um, we, you've got a brand new book. I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, if the book is out yet or if it comes out very, very soon, but we're going to talk about it either it's way. Out. It's out. Great. It's out. Um, yeah. And, and it, but what is your inspiration? Like, what's some of your musical background and, and where are you coming from? And why do you do the things that you do? Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I am from Fort Washington, Maryland, from Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, that's where I grew up. And um, I love being from Prince George's County, Maryland, because it's the richest African-American county in the country. And it really did a lot to help me to feel proud of my cultural heritage. And so that's one thing I really love to represent. A lot of people who are from the, the um, D.C. metropolitan area just say, oh, I'm from D.C. But I'm actually very proud to say that I'm from Prince George's County, Maryland, because that's where my I got a lot of the things that I teach to the children from, a lot of values and um, that I'm able to instill in them is what I got from um, where I'm from and from my home, from my parents. Um, let's see. Okay. My favorite music. I grew up with two parents who really, really made sure that they were very intentional about the music that they played for my sister and I. And so, um, we actually did listen to children's music growing up. You know, I listened to Raffi and, um, 
Karen Lewis and all the different people who had, you know, children's songs. Um, my mom had, you know, t- uh, I was about to say CDs, not CDs, tapes and <laughs> records and things like that. And so um, I think that's one thing that makes me a little bit different from a lot of children's performers that are out there who might be a little older. I'm a little bit younger in the sense that my parents took me to see Raffi in concert and took me to see a lot of different children's performers, and they also hired them to be at my birthday parties. So um, that that was always kind of cool. So I was raised around going to children's performances, and, you know, I, I tell everybody, if it was on ice, I saw it. Power Rangers on ice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Pokemon on ice, wow. <laughs> um, okay. Disney on ice. If it was Sesame Street on ice, I saw it. So um, that. That's a little bit about my childhood, but also my parents, they also made sure that I was raised to be proud to be a black girl and specifically a black princess. They, they've always made sure that we went to cultural festivals and events, and they also hosted them um, in our home so that we always had something exciting to go to to learn about um, our black history and culture, and not just my culture, but other cultures as well. And that meant that we were always going on family vacations, both in and out the country. And, um, you know, even just the children's books that I still have, the children's books that my parents bought for me when I was a little girl because I love them so much. And one thing I saw was, of course, they bought me all the traditional books, but there was a special um, interest in making sure that, you know, I had fairy tales, but I also had books written by African-American authors about um, black children. And so I was raised reading books like Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters and Bright Eyes, Brown Skin, and many other children's books, videos, games, toys, to teach me about um, how to love myself and how to be proud to be a brown girl. Um, so that's a, a little bit about my parents. The dolls, I always had beautiful brown dolls and um, toys. And, and even something as simple as like when I first got my first computer, I was the first kid on my street to have a computer. And, you know, they made me do math problems and stuff on a computer, which it wasn't as fun as having the organ trail. Um, throw back to the Oregon Trail. Yeah, but, shout out. Um, I love the Oregon Trail. <laughs> like, shout out to the Oregon Trail. Best video game ever. But um, they they made sure that they also put me in Saturday programming. I had to wake up early Saturday morning at like 7 o'clock to get to a program called Project Africa, which taught children about their heritage every Saturday for a year. It started at 7 o'clock, uh, started at 8 o'clock in the morning. It was in Virginia, which was a, not far from my house, but far from for a Saturday morning, so I went to dance class, you know, piano class. I had math class in the afternoon, but specifically I had Project Africa, where I was learning about my black history through all kinds of fun projects and activities, hands-on activities, eight in the morning, every Saturday for like two or three years. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. That's how I grew up. Yeah. I mean, all of that experience you know really pointed you to in a direction and you know i'm guessing that when you were um you know i'm guessing that when you were growing up you weren't thinking like i'm going to use this experience to to share the the pride that i feel in my heritage and and in my culture and where i come from but what was it that sort of drew you into spreading the message and and sort of sharing the um the feelings that you have about where you come from and where your family comes from and and sharing that with 
a, the, you know, a younger generation? What, what inspired you in that direction? Was it the fact that you spent a lot of your childhood, you know, being surrounded by like art that was created for specifically for families or was it something else? Was there like an aha moment for you? I'll tell you the first, I've got three answers to your one question. (laughs) Um, The first, the first thing, I mean, it's a good question. So the first, the first thing is that um, I, okay. So I have my degree is in theater education and African-American studies. I graduated from Virginia Commonwealth university in Richmond, Virginia. And so I started off as a high school um, drama teacher and English teacher. And when I was in college and all through my high school and college years, I taught and directed several different um, theater camps, drama camps, creative art camps. I was all, all the only job I've ever had is working with children. I've always been, my first business was a babysitter's club, you know, after the babysitter's club books, which were my favorite. <laughs> uh-huh. I've always, you know, worked with children. I've always um, taught children in every single job, except for the one summer I sold Avon. And even then, <laughs> it was still a teaching, a teaching job. But um, what made me um, be inspired, number one, I always wanted to be, when I was a kid and, and I would, there would be an assembly at school and the whole school would get together to see a performance or even just learn about a fundraiser. I used to love an assembly. I loved going to the assembly. That was like, other than on a field trip, Going to an assembly and seeing this performer that was so cool, that was showing whether it be a magic show or a motivational speech or some type of author that was coming for children uh, or a play, I loved that. And I always knew that my dream job, other than being a teacher, because I always wanted to be a teacher and I definitely fulfilled that goal, I wanted to be the person who performed at the assembly. (laughs) Ah, okay. So you you liked assemblies. I was just going to say, you liked assemblies for different reasons than I did. I liked it because it meant I didn't have to be in class. It gets you, you out of class. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe we had the same reason. That, but you, you it, probably like right, the art of it. It gets you out of class. Yeah. No, both. But listen, <sighs> it's one thing to love an assembly to get out of class. It's another thing to know that you're the reason that kids get out of class. That's ultimate rock star power. Uh-huh. Got it. So, um, anyway... I love, um, I actually got an opportunity to work um, through Kaiser Permanente's educational theater program a couple of years after I graduated from school, and we taught children about health and wellness through um, huge theater productions, and we would tour around um, the country doing theater productions for children to teach them to be healthy, to spread anti-bullying messages. So I, I had a lot of experience performing for children before I became Culture Queen. Mm-hmm. And so um, back to why I decided to spread this message. While I was growing up, um, I'm, you, you might see from the pictures, I don't know if you can notice, but I'm really tall. Um, I'm <laughs> 5'10". Okay. You might not know, but I have ginormous feet. My feet are a size 12, and I've worn a size 11, 12 since the fourth grade. I've always been tall. I've always been long, and I've always um, been, you know, definitely taller than my peer group and, you know, just had a a different kind of presence. I've always, you know, definitely, um, and that was difficult for me growing up because, um, you know, for obvious reasons, you don't really fit fit in with the crowd because you stand out. And so my parents, my father was a principal, is a principal. And my mother was a, is, well, they both were retired, but she was a social worker. 
And when they saw that I was getting down and sad about being teased for being tall and all of that, they decided to come up with a plan for how to reinforce messages of me being beautiful and powerful um, with how I look. They wanted me to be proud of who I was and not feeling like it was something that was bad. So once they figured out that I was, I was feeling down about it, I was getting bullied about it, one of the things they did was they tried to put me in places where I could see people who look like me. So um, I remember for the sixth grade, there was a teacher who was um, six foot two, a black, a black woman teacher, and she was really tall. And they said, you know, I want my child to be in this teacher's class because she needs to see a tall, successful woman carrying herself well. So, or they put me in modeling class in charm school because they wanted me to know how to carry myself and to know that, you know, there is something very positive about being, looking the way I look. Secondly, they made sure that they took me to different programs and museums so that I could see, um, you know, African women throughout history who look just like me in Egypt and other different places. And so once I started learning my history, I started seeing that there are a lot of people who look just like me and that, you know, it's something to be proud of. And so when it would give me a little bit of um, support, a lot of support actually at home, so that when kids were teasing me, I, I knew that, okay, this may feel uncomfortable that they're teasing me, but I can still stand up and be confident because, you know, playing the long game, I could look down later on and say, you know, this is how I look now and this is successful. You know, the, I see all these people around me who are successful and beautiful and they look just like me. So um, their, their approach worked, I would say. And, um, you know, it didn't seem like it was working when I was a kid. Because, um, but, you know, when I see girls that look like me who are tall or might have something that they're being teased about or glasses, all you know, just everything that makes you look like a geek. Um, <laughs> I can encourage them and say, you know what, you are so beautiful right now, and you should love, you know, if it wasn't for your big feet, you would not be able to stand tall and proud. Or, you know, because you're so tall, you can see everything. Um, you know, you have a presence. You always stand out. And standing out is actually a beautiful thing. Yeah. So that's where I kind of came up with this concept of um, – you know, kids need to like the me that they see, if you will, yeah. because when they get to school, there's going to be a lot of children and others, you know, society that may tease them for the how they look. And, um, you know, they're growing, they're going through phases. They need an armor. I feel that I wrote this book um, as an armor for children so that they have something that they can equip themselves with at a young age so they don't have to wait till they get older to start building themselves. Right. And, and the book, we should say, is called I Like the Me I See, which is also a song on your record, which is also titled I Like the Me I See. So like you've you've not just doubled down on this message, but you've tripled down. Right. Like it's the name of the record. It's the name of the song. It's the name of the book. And it's um, and, and the message comes through. And really, the name of the video. And the name of the. OK, so it's a quadruple down. Oh, my God. I can't. That is so much so much uh, of getting down with <laughs> with your message. It's really um. It's really, it's really inspiring. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, and this is not to put you on the spot, but like, I'm guessing that when you've been in situations, there have been, uh, kids that have come up to you and said, thank you for, for giving me, for giving me this gift. Are there any times like that? Maybe like one or two times that that's actually happened and you have, uh, you know, you can, you Um, were sort of moved by that. 
um, a couple of times. One of the things is that, okay, we'll start with the music, the album, because the album came out first, and the title track, of course, is, the, is I Like the Me I See, it's the most popular song, um, and it has a music video. Of course, the song came out before the book. So um, one when the city came out, I would get Facebook messages and Instagram messages and emails from parents who would, you know, I've been looking for a book like this. Um, my child is struggling with not loving their hair. Or my child doesn't think that they, you know, they feel their nose is too big or their lips are too big or, you know, they're being teased for this and that. And they have this book that they can point to. But the thing that parents said that they appreciate the most, specifically the ones who've been to my shows, is that because the children already know me as Culture Queen and they have inter engaged with me as Culture Queen, it becomes like they look up to me as a role model. Um, mm -hmm. They they said, you know, they really appreciate it. And then there's another thing that came out of this that I didn't expect. I did not expect for adult women, adult parents, I say, to tell me that they wish they had this book when they were little and that they need this book right now. Like, I wrote it for kids, like, uh -huh. point blank, for kids. But specifically, when I get to the part where I say... Um, I like my tummy, I eat foods that are yummy. You know, my demographic is preschool, elementary children. So the parents, specifically their mothers, are, you know, some of them have just had babies or, you know, about to have, you know, are having babies. So kind of a little, some feelings about their stomach, which might, of course, look different because they would have just given birth or gave birth a couple of years ago. So... I always end up teaching the moms, hey, body positivity is yeah. not something that's just born. And it's nothing wrong with having a part of yourself that you don't like. But the trick and the life lesson becomes, how do you like things about yourself that you're not necessarily fond of? How do you love yourself anyway? And that is the subliminal message. You know, it's not book is yes it's the like to me i see for the little kids but then it also becomes a deeper message of how do you love yourself when there's something you just you you have to love it how do you do that there are going to be some things they have on it might not be a body in my situation learning more about their culture to see that there are many many people that look just like me and they're beautiful you know yeah and it's and it's interesting. It's like all of these things that as a kid can be overwhelming and, and kind of, I guess, like scary is not really the right word, but things that you have to learn to love about yourself end up in the long run when you're older being like your your greatest gift. It's really interesting how that works. I don't know if you found that mm -hmm, for yourself, mm -hmm. but, it you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, that well, message. Well, yeah, like. Always tell me that I was a, and he used to call me a high priestess, high empress. <laughs> and he used to say, you know, um, you're so tall, you're a tall, powerful African princess. He says that even to this day, if I call him, he'll say, how's the uh, the high priestess, you know? <laughs> and that's a high, um, uh, yeah, he'll say that. And he'll say, you know, continue to build your empire. Now, he was saying to me, he, he was saying that to me 20 years ago. Wow. I'm now 35. So 20 years ago, maybe let's say 25, now I'll say more than 25, let's just say 30 years ago, because he started this around the time I was five. Yeah. 30 years ago, he's always sending me cards, and anytime he refers to me as the high priestess or whatever. Five years old, I didn't know I was going to be culture queen. Five years, when I five years old, I did not know I would have a culture kingdom, but I do. You sure do, yeah, absolutely. Kingdom, and I am culture queen. 
you you know, so saying a tower of royal power, my, I kind of created that as a um, affirmation because one, you know, for me, of course, personally, it's because I'm tall and to say that, you know, from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes, there's power within you that lies within you, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I get the kids to say so that they can feel um, empowered. Like they don't have to have on a crown to feel empowered. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is such a great message and it's so important on a number of levels. You know, it's it's on a cultural level, making sure that uh, kids have a role model to look up to. And it's important on a, you know, just like a self-esteem, body positivity, all these different levels that you are really uh, putting out a really good product for everyone you know everyone you you i think you hit it when you said that you you wanted to be that role model um so the record there's uh there's a lot of songs i like the super shaker song i gotta say like i really like that one. i thought that was i thought was, that was one of my favorites yeah i thought that was pretty groovy but um can you tell me about adinkra adinkra count with me First of all, I just want to say I really appreciate you calling my album a record because <laughs> it's old school and appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you because I personally am about to buy a Victrola so that I can, you know, I'm going to actually get it on wax so that I can play my album as a record because yeah. I'm old school like that. Yeah. You know? Kick it. So thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. Adinkra Adinkra um, is accounting. So all the songs on the album, when I first wrote them, they weren't meant to be songs. They were meant to be uh, children's books. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, okay. of course, yeah, they all rhyme on purpose because I love rhyming children's books. I collect children's books. I wanted every single, I wanted it all to be in a series. But it was easier to start off because I also, of course, am working on a Culture Kingdom Kids TV show. And I'm always working on it, so that would be the soundtrack to it. So Adinkra Adinkra was supposed to be the segment of the, the show where I'm teaching children how to count and tweet one of the millions of African languages. Uh-huh. And, um, it's a counting book. And Adinkra symbols, when I went to Ghana back in 2004, Ghana and West Africa, um, one thing that I, I've always had Adinkra symbols kind of in my life because Whenever you buy, like, African jewelry or African fabrics, oftentimes they have adinkra symbols in them, and those symbols each have special meaning, like power and strength and beauty and perseverance and all different types of um, powerful meaning. So when I went to Ghana, I already knew what the symbols meant, but I was very shocked at how much the adinkra symbols were um, all throughout the architecture, the everywhere, like in the cement. It was even in like the lawn chairs, the lawn chairs would have um, the plastic lawn chairs. The symbol on the back of the lawn chair would be an adinkra symbol. It was oh, wow. truly like you everywhere. could not go yeah. anywhere without. Yeah, they were truly everywhere. That's why the first line of the song says, "Ghana's got adinkra symbols everywhere. Adinkra, <laughs> adinkra, a lot to share." I mean, I literally went to a restaurant and I had bread, and the bread had an adinkra symbol in it, like it was adinkra toast. Cool. So that so the count that's actually gonna be the next book, a dinker a dinker count with me. A counting book to teach children about, you know, counting in a different language, but also using a dinker symbols because you can use them one, it's 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 culturally accurate that you would see them all over the place 
and you would also see them in a multitude because usually in patterns you might see the same one printed over and over again specifically on fabric um so that that's what that song is and i like the beat to that song yeah one of my favorite totally um so I mean, there's so much here. There's so many levels as we as we've gotten to, and and you know, I want to encourage everyone to check out the book. I've seen the book. Um, I like the me I see. It's beautiful art, and uh, it definitely you know touches on all of the stuff that you've talked about. So, so culture queen, what's the best way for for people to keep up with everything that you're doing and to and to be a part of the culture kingdom? Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> It's pretty easy. All you have to do is visit www.culturekingdomkids.com, www.culturekingdomkids.com. On my website, not only do I, you know, the book and the CD or records are for sale, um, you can also um, check out the music videos that I have for Super Shaker Song. I like the me I see. I also have a video series on YouTube called Black History Live with Culture Queen which is for children. Um, I have a TED Talk, um, two TED Talks. One is for TED Ed that teaches children about African King Mansa Musa. It's an animated video that has over 4 million views. And then also my TED Talk about how I, I created Culture Queen, the character, um, which is all on, all on YouTube and on my website. Also, right. on Twitter and Facebook, you can find me at I'm Culture Queen. I am Culture Queen. And on um, Facebook, too. Nice. Well, you are culture queen and thank you for everything that you do and the meaning behind everything that you do and the motivation that you have to do the teaching that you do and to, to be an ambassador for your culture and to give kids a role model to look up to. It was really great to, to talk to you and to hear your story and to get, get the scoop behind it. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Remember you, Power, power. Pretty amazing message, huh? Be who you are, love who you are, learn about who you are, embrace who you are, like the you that you see. Here is I Like the Me I See by Culture Queen. Thanks for listening. Talk to you very, very soon. I like the me I see. I am who I'm supposed to be.
Stuff.